Hey guys, if you can even believe it, our documentary is coming back to a theater near you. Babe, where's it going to be? Well, we had a documentary. It came out in theaters in August, and it's coming back to theaters. That's what I just said. On January 2nd. Yes. And again on January 9th. Yes. And it is in theaters nationwide and also in Canada. Yes. If you have ever been curious at what one of our live events is like, this is the Rise Women's Conference. Uh, It's a two-day conference that we throw every single year, and this is a documentary about that whole weekend for the cost of a movie ticket. There's a 90-minute feature-length documentary that is followed by a 30-minute coaching session from Rachel. The coaching comes directly out of Girl Stop Apologizing. So for 15 bucks or less, you can come into a theater, have some community, watch what a live event looks like, and get a great coaching. It's an amazing night. January 2nd and January 9th at a theater near you. For more information, you're going to go to Fandango, Adam Tickets, AMC, Regal, Regal, Cinemark, Cinemark, Cineplex, Cineplex. or FathomEvents.com. Hi, guys. I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16. We have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. (laughs) But we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. (laughs) I feel like we should have some kind of celebration sound. We should have a celebration. That's not a celebration sound. A a celebration sound would be like some some trumpeting music right now. That'll work. Thank you. The reason we're celebrating is we are using real microphones for the first time in our podcasting career. I feel like Dax Shepard. Just because he ha- he always he has a he has a same. professional podcast setup. So when I see him on the Instagram with a microphone hanging nicely by his face area, yeah, I say, "Wow, one day you finally have it." I'll be like Dak Shepard. Now, out of curiosity, you can move your microphone to you, but you prefer to hunch over it. Is that is that what I'm? I'm doing? sitting up, just upright in a chair. Tall and proud. I feel I feel very good in this posture. You feel good in that posture. Would you like me to slouch and then bring I'm, the microphone towards me? I mean, me? I'm no. I want you to do what your heart feels right. What my heart feels right is like lounging. You know, everything's in. I'm sitting in a lawn chair. Let's be real. I got myself a fancy mic, but I'm still sitting in a lawn chair. We're still in as you it know, should be with blankets hanging from the ceiling. Now that you mention it, Dax does have like a big old lazy boy, he and does. he is just comfy That's why as said can be. Setup, I was like, what? What Instagram are you following? If I had a pair of overalls, I would be married to Kristen Bell right now. Well, you'd also have to be really into Settlers of Catan. Ooh, I've tried to play Settlers of Catan. I remember when my sister came to town and tried to teach us, but she insisted that it was only to be referred to as Settlers. Well, I think, you know, your sister hasn't been here for about a month, and I'm still listening to the explanation of rules for Settlers (laughs) of Catan. Oh, my gosh. Our apologies to anyone who's really into that. Oh, shoot. I'm moving. Hold on. You're making sounds. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. Why would you make sounds? I'm trying to move my legs around. Are you close enough to the microphone? I am. I'm worried. He tested the sound before he left the room. Oh, man. He tested it. Who's he? Cameron, our producer. He's a giant. 
well, you got to stop saying that. You're going to give him a complex. No, he's known he's big for a long time. So like not big Dave's like in a bad six, way. He's yeah. just tall. Dave's 6'4", and Cameron, our producer, is taller than him. I've never met anyone who's taller than me in my whole life. And, I mean, I'm waiting for you guys to start the Hollis Company basketball team. Oh, two on two. I'll be your the spud web to your uh, Larry Bird. No, that's Shoot. not tall enough. I mean, Larry Bird is taller than me, technically, but you want to go with like Shaq. Like you want to go with someone who's oh, seven feet tall okay. or taller. Okay. Which is what Cameron feels like, even really though he's like 6'5". That I knew six six. Spud Webb. Spud Webb, the that little just, basketball player that could. That just came out of the depths of my knowledge from sixth grade when I was in love with a boy named Brian Foster, and he played basketball. Why would you bring Brian Foster up? I was twelve. It still hurts. I do wonder what happened to him. No one is wondering what happened to Brian I do. Foster. I do. I do. Please. It was from age from like fourth grade through twelfth grade. It was a great love of my life. You know that Brian Foster has been a trigger of mine since we met. That's not true. Tynan Wyatt has been a trigger of yours. Now you've Those gone. Those are the done only it. two school Now you have I gone and done it. Yep. If you know where Tynan Wyatt. I do. I looked it up one time. Great. Now that we're talking about it, he's going to find <laughs> us. I don't want him. I'm not interested in that at all. Should I push the button that edits this out? No. Well, I feel like this is funny. We can't be the only people. By the way, I am not. I just want to be real clear. Here we go. There's a big difference between someone being vaguely interested in what happened to their high school girlfriend, let's say, and someone who's talking about a boy from when they were 11, who they have not seen since. It still There's hurts no my soul. Oh, my word. Let, don't, don't get me started. Yeah, don't, please don't get started because it doesn't end up well for me. No. Um... Why did, how did we even get on that topic? I don't even know how we followed that wormhole down. We started with our giant. <laughs> oh, basketball. Spud Webb. My basketball knowledge. I wanted to impress to this you boy being in 11. sixth grade. That's right. And I was short. still am. And so I was like, oh, there. It wasn't he a short basketball player? Here's the thing. I think you and Spud Webb are today the same height. Probably also the same level of skill on the court. He can dunk over you every day of the week and you twice on Sunday. When's, when have you seen me on a basketball court in the last two years? That is why I know. Yeah, but what if secretly I've been training this whole time? I am positive you have not. I'm just saying, it could happen. Spud Webb could be 88 <clears throat> years old. He could walk onto the court with a walker <laughs> and still... He would put on a showcase that would blow your mind. Oh, my gosh. We're actually supposed to be talking about a specific thing today. Do what are we, we talking about? We are talking about, I thought it would be really interesting. So I have a couple of amazing girlfriends, uh, Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield, who are just powerhouse businesswomen. They both have podcasts, which you should listen to if you haven't already. And they said that they love doing a year-end a year end review. Year-end review or year-in review? Both. Oh. Both work. Um year in review probably is the right way to say it okay on their podcast about their business which i thought would be fun and i'm totally going to do on rise but then i thought wouldn't it be interesting to do a year in review of your relationship well so basically if you as a couple like we as a couple went through what were the best decisions you made this year and what were the worst decisions you made this year? What were the worst decisions where you can go, man, how do we how do we be intentional about navigating around that in 2019? And what were the best decisions that we made and we for sure want to do it again? I like it. It's kind of like uh, if you want to try and get the most out of someone that works on your team, 
but you never look back and tell them where they did well or didn't do well. Or your own your own life. Your right? own like, life. I love doing this for my calendar. Yeah. What are the like? How do you? We've talked about it before, and I'll talk about it more on Rise. But like how I audit my calendar the week between Christmas and New Year's, and then I plan out the next year. So we thought it would actually be interesting if we didn't prep. Oh. So we have not talked to each other about what we think are the best and worst decisions that we've made. Um, but let's start with good. So I can say I think we would both agree. Best decision we made this year. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Moving, Moving to, to Texas. Texas. Jinx. We share a brain. Um, yeah, so we moved our entire family to Texas. If someone doesn't know, why did we move to Texas? Well, it actually started about a year and a half ago. Does that seem like the right Even maybe time? more, but okay. yeah. We had talked about working together for a really long time, and we were living in L.A. Dave had been in his job at Disney for quite a while, and we had had sort of touched on it. And, and I think you've been really honest. I don't think it's anything new. You've been really honest about how um, – that you were were hoping to make a change for sure, and the Disney is an incredible company. We love everybody there. They were so good to our family, but you just weren't feeling challenged. Yeah. yeah? Oh yeah. And so um, we were gonna move houses in LA. We felt like it was time to move our house. We felt like we had grown out of it. And you had just come off the like string of trips to cities that had companies that you were doing uh-huh. business with that hack like. They were in not L.A. or New York mm-hmm. or Chicago or San Francisco, like thriving businesses that created a lifestyle for their employees that had a feel of smaller town, but still like thriving business. Yeah. I had seen, you know, Ramsey organization in Franklin, Tennessee. I had seen every in Minneapolis. I had seen Noonday in Austin, all of these really cool companies who had they own their building and their people were so happy and and the quality of like the cost of living was much lower. And so when we made the decision to move in LA, I must have texted you or called you. It was like a wild hair. And I said, hey, before we decide to look at houses in LA, what if we moved to a different state? And like, (laughs) I mean, and here's like super true reality, as is the case with all of the dreams that Rachel speaks out loud for the first time. My initial reaction was, that's crazy. What are you talking about? I will work at the Walt Disney Company, even if it's miserably, for the rest of my life. That's yeah, you're right. That's basically the basis of our found like the foundation of our relationship. So um, I, you know, we talked about it a ton, and I kind of gave him my ideas. And it takes Dave a while to chew and process. I'm pretty impulsive, and he's kind of slow and methodical. But I think as we started to talk about what it would look like and what it would mean, you really. Started digging the idea. Yeah. I mean, like you, I think if you're at a place where you get enough leverage, yeah. then any idea that's crazy starts to sound good. Yeah. And I was at a place where I'd created a ton of leverage. Like I needed to make a change. I was certain of it. And I was so invested, like so like pot committed at that point to an identity that was tied to this job that I'd had for so long that the change taking me out of that environment actually made more sense than trying to like make a change and stay in the city of Los Angeles or stay near the Hollywood scene where I like basically spent more than 20, 25 years or so of my career. And I think it's worth saying 
anytime that you're sort of living the same, your life has been on the same path for so long, the longer you stay on that path, the less likely it is that you will see that there's an alternative route. Yeah. And at any given moment in time, your life could go in a hundred different directions. You just don't realize it. And, and so when we, we, yeah, let's move. And the great thing was we didn't know where, I mean, can you guys imagine right now you're listening to this, let's say you're married, you have jobs, you know, some of you have kids. Like for us, we had four kids, two jobs. I have a company full of people at the time. I think I had 10 employees and we were going to make a decision to move to a different state. Kukalaka. And we um, we really were like, where where should we consider? Which is so awesome. Like, hey, let's throw darts at a map and see. And we wanted, honestly, fellow business owners are going to get this. We wanted to live in a state. If you're going to move and you own a company, you need to live in a state that's more forgiving of taxes for business owners than California is. So that meant ta- that meant Texas, that meant Florida. There's a handful. Uh, Arizona, I think, is really good. There's like five states. Um, and then we narrowed it down to Nashville and Austin because we really love Nashville and we really love Austin and ultimately Austin because we knew people here. Yeah. And we felt like it was liberal enough for us. Yeah, we rolled into town. It was very much like a fact-finding mission. We yeah. just said like, hey, let's go. We've been plenty of times. We have friends that are in town. Let's just go see some neighborhoods and what like started as a give us a little education tour turned into an impulsive let's create maximum leverage and buy this house and we bought a house that we now live in in the same day that we saw it which is like crazy but also is very much like us and for me because i was still working at disney and hadn't really like i hadn't told anyone we had like this decision was a decision that we'd made but wasn't real until we bought the house and then it was real because we had to do something about it. So my like, let's like, circling back to the like best and worst. Like my, um, I don't know that this is worst, um, but it was not necessarily great. Uh, I went into the office after Christmas break and told at least my most senior leadership that we were going to make this move on like the second or third day of January and agreed to work until the end of May because our kids were going to be getting out of school that next week and we could, uh, you know, allow me to transition out. And in retrospect, because of everything that was coming for Rachel, like the book hadn't come out yet, so we just didn't know. Rise LA hadn't happened yet. We just didn't know. Rise Together, this podcast hadn't been invented yet. We just didn't know. I spent the next five months in a transition away from a thing that I'd done for 17 years, anticipating this exciting new life that we were going to have. And that purgatory was hard. Yeah. And it was, it was hard because I couldn't fully, I wasn't fully vested or invested in, in like the former. And then I wasn't able to fully be present in the future version. And so uh, if I had a time machine, I think I'd have found a way to, yes, still give time so that I wasn't leaving anyone in a lurch, but probably not as long a period of time so that I could get into this exciting new role maybe two months earlier, three months earlier. Yeah. Because um, that, that part was a little bit tough. I think 
I, you know, I almost want to go on, like, I need to, like, look in my phone and even remember this year. It was such a whirlwind. It was so stinking fast that it passed by. I can't even remember. I'm certain that we, so what I'm thinking of in terms of relationship is it's so important for me that we travel together as a couple alone. And just ha have the chance to explore and have adventure and like be romantic and not be with the kids. That's so important that we do it. And because to me that feels like something you do before you have kids. And it's really important as a couple to experience plenty of time that, that makes you feel like that again. Um, we didn't take a family vacation though to my memory. I, I don't think we did any of the stuff that we normally do in eight. You're right. So that would be that would be like a worse decision that we made is that I know it was a once in a lifetime year. Girl wash your face was, you know, a rocket ship. So it wasn't a normal situation. But I do I am sad that I can't say, Oh, remember when we did Yeah. We this. didn't take we didn't take as many intentional and deliberate pauses like we try to normally do so that yeah. we can maintain either the connection in our relationship or the connection with our kids yeah. like we like to um yeah because we moved here and then it was like just everyone hold on to your hats yeah um what would you say is a great thing we did or not so great thing that we did uh i think a great thing that we did uh was pushing ourselves to try and do a couples conference together that was surprisingly more uh, emotionally trying for us yeah. as people trying to pull it off. I'm proud. I'm really proud. I remember sitting in our room at lunchtime at this hotel where we were having a couples conference for 200 couples, and I was crying about how overwhelming it felt to have made this decision to do this work together and find ourselves on a stage where we're watching transformation in relationships in real time and that this was the work that we were put on this planet to do and then it ultimately was a really hard the 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 the, the conference overall ended up being something that was weightier than we could have ever imagined because yeah. the spectrum of the kind of relationship that people found themselves in was all over the map. There were yes. people that were very, very far in having reached for and successfully attained a, an exceptional relationship. And there were a number of couples that had already filed for divorce before they got to the conference. It was every stage of relationship, which was beautiful, but simultaneously having to carry that as the teachers, having to try and you know, the thing that you're saying to this woman is not the same thing you can say to that man. And it was incredible for our audience and brutal for us. Yeah, I think the thing I liked about the preparation for the event was that it had us as a couple diving into and thinking about what kind of content would best serve this community. And mm -hmm. in doing that exploration, it helped serve us a little bit too talking about, you know, Enneagram with an Enneagram expert or love languages or all like all the things we went through in the morning, spending time on development, you know, individually and as a couple, all, all that. But um, we came away also like realizing, oh, goodness, I'm glad that we have each other to clutch 
onto each other's arm when uh, it feels weighty because it was a it was a, there was a weighty aftermath of emotion that was unexpected coming out of that conference. Well, and I think a very interesting attitude came out of that experience, which would be possibly beneficial for people who are listening, who are couples who, um, if there are any couples who uh, are pastors at a church or do work where they are together serving a community. And it was the first time in all these years where I was like, I found my line in the sand. Mm. I found the place that I won't go past which was that conference, which maybe sounds weird, and I know it sounds definitely disappointing for because we get asked every single day of our lives when the next Rise Together conference is. And we will, at some point, we will do a conference where men and women can come together, but it won't be that thing. Yeah, and, and we're going to, I think we're going to build more an online course for couples than we are going to have a live conference for couples. Um, and it's truly well, because of what you're saying. It's we, we reached that point where it was, oh man, we helped so many people, but we beat ourselves up emotionally in order to pull it off. I, I, I hope that that will resonate with you listeners, that you'll understand what we're saying. It's like we we basically did surgery on ourselves and our relationship in order to teach them lessons. Yeah. And I think it was so awesome for them, like the notes we've gotten, the letters, the some people made babies that weekend. Yep. Like it was a beautiful experience for everyone who got to do it. But I can carry a lot of things. Like I'll talk about my trauma in a lot of different ways. But our relationship is the most sacred in my life. And I that was I I learned my line that we weekend. were yeah was, we were, we were a little more vulnerable. This. Yeah, we were a little more vulnerable yeah. publicly in person with people who fed from that vulnerability in a way that was, I was, yeah. I was shocked. The next yeah. two days after that conference was done, we were like immobile. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> and I, so I guess I think that's important for any of you who um, serve any kind of community together. I believe that the missional calling on our lives is incredible and God-given and I think that you, as listeners, you have something in your life, whether it's showing up for your kids or your family at large or your community or your church or whatever, that you're doing missional work as well. But the mission can't ever, like, let me say it again, your relationship can't ever come at the cost of your mission. That's good. Or you failed. Yeah, that's good. Know your lines. Know your yeah. lines in the sand. Yeah. And that's I, that was, I think, a... I, I couch it more as positive than I do negative as much as there was, you know, like it was heavy. It was a great experience, I think, for us as a couple. And one of the great things that came was understanding, oh, yeah, there are limits. Yeah, to, we found the thing. <laughs> there are limits to what we, we will or won't be able to do. One of the things I think we did badly this year, and this is I'm going to say the same thing when I do Rise podcasts, is we said yes to too many things. For sure. We said yes to too many things. Personally, professionally, we it, we were so excited about the company and the move and new friends, and we just said yes. Some of it was excitement-fueled. 
And I can say from my perspective, coming out of a place of certainty into this place of less certainty, some of the yeses on my side as a operator business-wise were fueled by fear. Mm. I was trying to fill our calendar so that I could create certainty in a, in a less certain space. And I thought I... A, a full calendar to you signifies success or signified being able to take care of our family financially yeah to, signified that i was getting the hang of my new job right like oh i got you booked on these stages or oh we've got these potential partners those were reflections in an insecure world of mine of having been able to do well well it's also kind of a scarcity mindset right like if i don't say so yes to this who knows if something else will come along yeah and what we learned definitely professionally was saying yes to certain things meant that three months later six months later when something that was 10 times bigger came across our desk we weren't able to take it on yeah because we had already said yes to something else small potatoes yeah you know because we were nervous about going hungry right yeah um we said yes to too many things at the like definitely to our own detriment in a lot of ways yeah I mean I think too it's the things that we were praying for hoping for wishing for in March and April of 2018 in some ways came to pass by September October yes and here we are in December and we have to remind ourselves that these are things that we were wishing for and praying for because now they feel a little bit burdensome there's an overwhelmedness the clutter on the calendar is real how we're going to figure out you know this. it's no it's pretty but, crazy looking at 2019 yeah. i was doing it today I, there's something that i want to do a class i want to take and you need a full week to do it and you guys i could not find a full week in my calendar where i didn't have a speaking engagement because that's how full it is. Donde está like, la escuela? Exactly. <laughs> said, where is the school? I know exactly what you said. Oh, I thought you didn't know. That's why you had to go. In Ciudad de México. Oh, hola. <laughs> hola, ¿cómo estás? Yo trabajando en mi español. Perfecto. Uh, yeah, so I was today I was on the calendar. I was like, holy crap, this is... Yeah. But it's going to be... Like, I feel... I do feel yeah. like... Part of this is just like manifest the life that you want to have. I feel like 2019 already has a buzz. Oh. Like I feel like, you know, 2018 was a rocket ship. 2019 is like, let's go explore some stars. Yeah. You know, it's, um, we don't even know what's coming. And I think it's worth saying because Dave mentioned this, the, we do remind ourselves often the things that we said yes to that, that, contractually we're committed to now I do remind myself often how much I used to pray for these things and I believe just at my core that God set it up exactly how it was supposed to go down yeah so there's a reason that maybe I will never know why the year looks like it does I don't know what it is. Well, we I keep saying too, purpose. you know, like there are some things that you've committed yourself to or that I have committed you to that um, there's a person in that audience that needed to hear the yep. thing that you're going to say on that day, period. I believe that. Um, 
But I think also it's instructive. Like we just on live stream yesterday, we're talking about if it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no. Mm-hmm. I mean, like getting to the place That's where the we are super unapologetic about preserving what little time we do have to invest in our personal relationship or invest in our family relationship. Like it's gotta be a hell yeah. And there are people that like, Hey, it'd be great to swing by and grab coffee or I'd love to meet you to talk about some potential business stuff. And like, I no, I like, it's just, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no. Yeah. There's a silence in the room. Oh, because I was going to say something, but I, then I feel like that's going to be a good one for my business when I do this on the business side of things. Fair enough. Um, what else? Anything else that you feel? One like? of the things that I thought uh, that we did really well as a couple was deciding to let our three older kids go to camp this summer. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Because, one, they left our house and were in uh, the good and loving care of humans that were going to keep them alive, which meant that we actually, just as we were settling into being Texans, got a little time to do it three together. weeks. Yeah. So the two older boys went for three weeks and Ford went for one week because he was just six. And then this year they'll go again to camp and they'll all go for three weeks. Yeah. And it freaked us out so bad, so bad. Because we'd never had our kids with anyone else and just all the things you worry about. We weren't camp people. We just didn't grow up in a camp culture. And they loved it and they came back different kids in the best way. It was so important. I actually wish that camp did like a winter camp. Yeah. Because I'd love for a certain 10-year-old to have a little refresher right about now. The great thing, if if you've never... uh, If you have kids and you've never like felt comfortable sending them to a sleepaway camp... The book that we got, what was it called? Homesick and Happy? Homesick and Happy. Homesick Actually, and Happy. Actually, the camp sends it to you when you you know pay your tuition. They're like, here, read this book before you freak out about something. Genius marketing. It was a really good book written by a child psychologist on how important camp experiences are for kids. Yeah. And um, the other question we always get is, how did you find a camp? Google. Hello. Google, yo. I looked up you know sleepaway camps in and around our city, and there were so many. Um, so yeah, do that. I do feel like this year, because we were so conscious of we're not just leading a family, we're ne- we're leading a company. In a lot of ways, that's so much more responsibility because then we have not just our family that we're responsible for, but the lives of the family members of people who work for us. So you want to make sure as leaders that you are really strong as a if you're a married couple, you know, running a business, you've got to be stronger than ever. And I do think one of the things that we hardcore adopted this year was in the moment, and we've talked about it before, but like in the moment calling each other out and saying, this feels weird, I feel uncomfortable, you ticked me off, you're acting, you know, hey, why why am I getting this vibe from you? We talk about problems when they happen. By the way, we didn't always, so it's still for me a little jarring when you're like, hey, and you're like super direct, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, are you mad at me? And the thing is, you're not mad at me. You're just like interested in getting to the bottom of what is bothering either me or us Yeah. quicker Yeah. because we just don't have the time or it's just a waste of time, frankly, to be frustrated. So I agree. I mean, it's come, frankly, at the expense of some of our date nights being as fun as they normally might have been, right? Yeah. I do feel like that's been not a... Not a negative thing about the year, but working together for the first time has meant that we've we've lost a little bit of romance. 
We haven't lost fun. We've been having a heck of a good time. We haven't lost growth because, holy crap, this year has stretched us more than ever. But I do feel like that should be top priority in 19 is go like getting away where we're not going to what is supposed to be our date night and talking about, you know, hiring a marketing person or like a spreadsheet or whatever. 100% agree. Because the business is so consuming on so many levels. We're we're about to go on a vacation, which will be really good. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We'll go lay on a beach somewhere. Take the kids out somewhere, which will be nice. But I agree with you. I I, I even said, I think the last date night or date night before, I was like, do we need to get a hobby? Like, do we need to get like bowling league memberships? Like (laughs) something. Because the working together newness has, and just everything that's going on, has created a to-do list that never, ever goes away, right? There's always something to talk about. And I think we did do a good job of, like, defining clear roles for what we each do so that we can, you know, really maximize our individual time in or out of the office. But that even means that when we do see each other, we're, you know, struggling to stop talking about what's happening here when it's 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, something I, I heard this quote the other day, and I don't remember who said it, but um, the idea of you need separation if you don't want to have a separation, mm. that it's important for couples, especially those who work together, to have time apart from each other because we obviously live together. We raise kids together. We're in this temporary office. We're in this tiny little room. We share this room. We hang out. And I was thinking that last week that I am more apt to get frustrated over not frustrating things if we have been together legitimately 24-7 for six weeks. True. Uh, just And like having that just, hey, I'm going to work from the coffee shop a couple days a week until we get into our new office just so that we're not we like, like each other. Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much. I like you so much. But I also, it's, we just, we are in the tiniest little room together. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I want want to go on a date and like be excited about it. Yeah. You know what I'm learning too is like the cramped quarters that we temporarily have. Every time something comes up that I want to ask you, I'm, you know, I'm like, is she free or not free? Uh Like you have your headphones in. I have my headphones in. We're trying to get our stuff done. So Rachel, no response. Rachel, no response. Now I'm like, is she just listening to Beyonce or is she ignoring me? No, I'm listening to Beyonce. But the house rule at Chic Media back in the day was always, if you had your headphones in, it was like a signal, like you were in a vortex. If your headphones are in, nobody's supposed to talk to you. Are you a coder? No, but I just, it's so small and you do every like seven minutes, you'll ask me whatever is on your agenda. Like, hey, did you want to do this or this? You're just knocking things off your to-do list, but then it throws off my, like what I was trying to get done. So like yesterday, I only had three things on my to-do list and I was pulled into 50 different directions and today I was like, I'm just going to work from the house because I'll actually get my stuff done, yeah. which I did. Yeah. So. You're the creative visionary at the Hollis Company. I am. That's why we pull you into things. No, we need I, understand. Your creative I understand. creative vision. I understand. 
unless I'm I've got headphones on. Rachel Hollis is wearing a Texas Longhorns hat today. Everybody, I am I'm trying to represent Hook'em. A little burnt orange. I'm trying to, trying to, it, you know what it is? It's a really good fitting ball cap. It oh. looks real cute on me. I think I got it at the supermarket. Maybe I got you it at did. Target. No, actually. yeah, that or H E B. You got them at uh, one of those. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel like we did or didn't do well this year? I feel like we've really covered the breadth and depth of what we were hoping for. I don't remember the year well enough to actually Gosh, isn't know. That That's real? gone by so fast. Isn't that real? I'd have to like go. I, I do want to go through the way that you have historically and do the calendar audit because I do. Especially I'll take. In the we last can do it together months. when we're on va- family vacation because yeah. I usually do it that week. Especially in the last six months, like time utilization is such a big deal when you're trying to chase so many things, and I feel like getting a handle on what has been a waste of time will keep me hopefully from repeating my own mistakes in 19. Well, the amazing thing, I mean, this is just kind of a shout out to to any of you who are business owners. The amazing thing is if you really think about the work that we do here and the work that is most impactful on our community, it's all batch work, all of it, writing, videos, podcasts. You all know what I mean when I say batch work. Just explain it in case okay. I don't is when you, like, let's say email. So we have a really fun email campaign that we're doing for the first 10 days of 2019. If you haven't been a part of last 90 days with us, um, then you should make sure you sign up for our email list so that you can get in on the first 10. But the idea would be that you went, you did 100 days. 100, like, I think the hashtag we're using is made for 100 more. Yep. Isn't that cute? It is cute. Um, but but the idea that you did something with us for 100 days. So the first 10 days <coughs> of the new year, we have this email campaign. Now, if I try and do one email a week for 10 weeks to get 10, that's insane. But if I just take a day and I knock out 10 emails in one day, that's batch work. You batch all of your work together. Now you've got multiple things. A podcast interview. The next few days, we're going to record a ton of podcast episodes so that you guys have things to listen to for several weeks, but we don't have to keep getting pulled back into the studio. The reason that matters is because a lot of what, like the work that actually matters, are things that we can do in batches. What we spend most of our time doing, and what a lot of business owners spend most of their time doing, is busy work and responding to other people's agenda items. Hello. Um, playing defense. So like answering emails, having conference calls. We spend probably 80% of our time. You ever heard the 80-20 rule? I have heard the 80-20 rule. We spend 80% of our time dealing with stuff other people want us to do. And I think the mission in 2019 is what if we started doing – all, only the the content, the things that really matter, and just like we can have an autoresponder on email that just says no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from a relationship standpoint, though, there's something to that. Like, what of how you spend your time with your partner is stuff for other people, stuff that is not on your agenda, stuff that doesn't actually help you reach for more, stuff that like like depletes you instead of fuels you like the more that you can really zero in on how you're spending your time and whether it is good or bad for you that's the difference between having a happy or not happy relationship okay so describe 
2018 in one word. Butterfly. What? <laughs> what did that even mean? I went through a wholesale metamorphosis. Oh my god! The way that a caterpillar turns into a butterfly Whoa. when it becomes what it was put on this earth to become. Holy mackerel! That's not what I was thinking. in real time. That was what came through okay, my head, which is part of my beautiful. magic. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, if you had to wait a second, 2018 in one word. What is it? Go. Gosh, I hate the thing that popped in my head. Do you want to know what it was? I don't now. Overwhelm. That's the word that popped into my head. Not overwhelming. <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> like overwhelm sounds like a movie that uh, is about pushing people over. Oh, that's that's overboard. That's Sorry. overboard. Anyway, um, overwhelming. Overwhelming, and not not in a negative way. It was the biggest year of my life. Yeah. And it was hard. It was hard to to catch up. To the level that it suddenly was at. True. So it wasn't bad, but overwhelming was the word that popped into my head. There's good and bad associated Absolutely. with overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if you could choose a word for 2019 that you want it to be. Done. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's terrible. No. Uh, uh, not done. That's, that is terrible. But I want it to be... I want to, I want it to, I, I'm trying to think of a single word that basically means make it through stronger than we are today. So my, my thing that I, I said to Amy and Jenna when we were on our mastermind was my instinct a year ago or five years ago would be to look at the calendar in 2019 and think, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive this? And so my goal for 2019 is I do not want to survive this year. I want to thrive. That's good. I want to thrive. I want to come out stronger than ever. I want to have more fun. I want to travel and see beautiful places and meet wonderful people and get to hug y'all's necks. And I, I want it to be a year where we get to the end of it and we're like, oh, man, this was a beautiful year. My answer is one that on a therapist's couch would be me explaining the strange guiltiness that I have for having committed you to so many things so early on in our partnership at the Hollis Company. You've got to let that go. Nobody listens go. to techno. Let it go. Every, like, uh, we got, yeah, you got to, it's, we're going to, we're going to thrive. It's exactly as it was meant to be. I like that. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm actually, as you say, energy or buzz or whatever is an 18. I agree. 2019. Yeah. Forget it. Can I ask how in 2019 I could better show up for you as a partner? Oh my goodness! Um, I think this is a I think this is a really beautiful question to ask I for mean, for listeners to ask their partners. Like, how often do you say? How often do you ask earnestly, and not we're about to start a fight? Yeah. But how can I show up better for you? Yeah, it's funny that was like last week's episode was very much a. Do you actually have a, an insight into what your partner needs versus just assuming you know what they, you know, they want to have you show up as? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, 
I don't have. There's not a, like a perfect answer that comes to my mind immediately. Come on, boo. No. Oh, boo. boo. We talked about this when you did the podcast episode. You told me something. I mean, like in in the shortest term, it's like continuing to be supportive of my transition into this world that you have for 15 years been the commander of and that I, as a person who has a bunch of knowledge but not a ton of it practically applicable to this super strange space that you've inhabited forever, um, I'm, you know, finding my way with community building and in trying to deliver these tools to people. So, um I need you to find ways to talk to talk to me about how I'm, you know, leading this organization or showing up for the, you know, people inside of this community in a way that I can hear it, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of pride wrapped up in or ego wrapped up in wanting to do a good job. And so, um, you know, being able to come alongside me and give me feedback, but also finding the time for delivering it that I can I can hear it word all right how do you need me to best show up for you in 2019 i would love it if you and this is not to say that i'm not also don't feel like i'm crushing it at this but the thing that popped into my head was um i would love us to be more intentional with romance this year like dating and planning out vacations and um I am going to commit to working on that, and I'd love it if you were more... I'm in to win. Like, I think that you say a lot, like, date your wife, like, keep dating your wife, and we do, but now that's become such a habit that I don't feel like we reinvent what that means for us in this season. That's real. So that it's, like, romantic or fun or sexy or whatever, so that's what popped in More intentionality in our pursuit of each other. Yeah. I like that. Which can never be a bad thing. That is not a bad thing because it usually leads to making out. Exactly. I think these microphones made us better podcasters. I think that's true. I think that Dax Shepard's spirit is now leaving my body as we finish (laughs) this episode. Thank you, Dax. Thanks for coming. I guess that's it. Well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, I mean, they'll listen to this within 10 days of the New Year. I was saying Happy New Year. Okay, great. It wasn't a question. It was a statement of fact. Happy I think, New Year. I think it's worth saying, it's worth a thank you to to you listeners, assuming that some of you have lasted this entire episode with Unbelievably. us. Um, you know, we started this in the summertime as the answer to a question that we got from you. Everyone was asking if we do a couples podcast together and you made it one of the top five biggest podcasts of the year, of po- biggest new podcasts of the year. There were five listed on Apple and we were one of them. And that is because you guys listen and you take a screenshot, which please do, and put it on your Instagram and tag us both. But you tell your friends and you share it with people. And, you know, the women who are listening tell their their partners and vice versa. And we just um, super appreciate it. So thank you for hanging out with us this year. we got some really fun stuff coming your way in 2019. We're going to keep working on our relationship. And we want to challenge you to do the same. Because we don't want to have a good relationship or even a great one. We're reaching for exceptional. We hope that you will reach for exceptional right along with us. Here, here. Hey, honey, I have a new book coming out. I've read it. It made me cry at the end. I was so proud of your work. Would you say that it's 
at least as good as Girl Wash Your Face? I would not say that it's at least at what? least as good because I think it is better than Come Girl Wash on. Your Face. I cried in part because I imagined Noah Hollis, our daughter, knowing one day that the woman who wrote that book and changed the way that she thinks about how a woman can or can't be in the world lives in our house and is her mother. Babe. It's real. So if you are curious what the book's all about, you can go on to basically anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart.com, and check out the description. But the intention here was this is for the dreamers. This is for the hustlers, for the goal setters, for anybody who wants to achieve something and is curious about the steps that you need to take and also how you can, as a woman, chase down a dream without shame. The good news, too, if you like the sweet, sweet voice of that Rachel Hollis who was just speaking two seconds ago, she does the audio narration on Audible, and that's available for pre-order right this second.